welcome to Two Worlds Collide, a podcast brought to you by Coach B and Coach Needs, where we talk about anything and everything health, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. We won't always agree on things, but we're here to bring you different perspectives so you can form your own. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started with today's episode. Code to the computer. Means, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. Still you hesitated there for a second. It's still winter and I don't like the cold and my body doesn't like the cold. So I am just looking forward to warmer temperatures, I think. Whereas, you know, just before we started, we hit record, we were just talking about that, how it's been really super hot here and it's been, it's not even cloudy. I don't even know what you call it because it's, it's plus 30 outside and it's just smoke from all the wildfires that are occurring here in Western Canada. And it's terrible, but you know what? there's always like, you got to look on the bright side of things. And so I'm trying to be optimistic, but I, I feel like it's doomsday. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, sometimes things just suck, right? There's no reframing or positivity you can, you can apply to it. And I think there, but then there's, you know, there's a way of letting, accepting that and still choosing to focus on other things. So I think that's not interesting. When you say that, because I think, you know, you know, we're going to jump into um, our topic today, but I think it's kind of cool when, you know, we start to think about what people are actually thinking about and how people will say, well, you shouldn't think that way, but it is actually okay to have that feeling. It is okay to think that way. It's okay to like, things don't always have to have meaning. They can just be right. And so it's interesting. It's so hard for some people, myself included, I'm putting my hand up because you can't see that on the podcast, but I'm putting my hand up. Some of us struggle, like we actually, like part of our brains want to give everything meaning. So it's actually hard to not give meaning to things. Yeah. Um, and I think speaking of meanings and, and things that, I don't know, I had it in my head that this was a great segue. I'm not so sure anymore, but today we want to talk about goals and goal setting and I think that is something that some of us give meaning to right I think that's where my head was going with that sentence um because a lot of us you know have things that we want to improve on want to work on and I guess we figured let's let's talk about that and let's talk about the different kinds of goals that exist different ways to go you know different ways to go about it and I guess just our thoughts and opinions on on stuff all about goal setting yeah I think that what's going to be cool about this is that we're going to talk you know for me I'm going to talk a little bit about like what I see as a coach um what what I think is beneficial for people there's no right or wrong way of goal setting I think that you often read, um, you know, uh, experts talk and tell you how to goal set and everything else. But I think it's important to understand some of the meanings behind goal setting and kind of figuring out what that is. But with, with specifics to the health and nutrition, um, industry, I think that it comes back down to, because this is always mixed. And I hear this all the time with clients. It's like, what are you trying to pursue? Are you looking for aesthetics? So like body composition, right? So are you wanting to lose body fat, gain muscle mass? What does that look like for you? Or are you trying to go for health? So health parameters, biofeedback, you know, improve, you know, or get off of medications, that kind of thing. And then performance. So, you know, we're not just talking about like 
showing up at the gym. We're talking about like, are you trying to, you know, improve strength? And if that's the case, are you looking to compete? Are you doing a powerlifting competition? Are you like, even in performance as a bodybuilder, are you trying to improve the aesthetics and in doing so, what do we have to do with the performance aspect of things to get there? Right. So I think it's just kind of understanding that. And what I know from working with clients, you know, I'll often ask for that outcome goal, but they don't really break it down. They kind of like will come to me and say generalization of like health, but then a couple check-ins later, now they actually are like, oh, it's actually, I want fat loss or, you know what I mean? So it's like, trying to help them understand what these things mean in advance so that maybe so it's always okay to go back and review your goals, which I, I encourage people to do, but maybe if you had a more realistic approach or understanding of actually what you're trying to pursue, there wouldn't be blurred lines. And I think that's where people kind of like give up more easily, or they just feel defeated because what they were pursuing is actually not what they were pursuing. Exactly. And I think it's the, um, <clears throat> it comes back to like for me there's a big part of like managing our own expectations when yeah. it comes to this too right and I think I've got the perfect analogy I think I would have written a post about it by now by the time this airs but I had this I've got um for those of you that don't know which is probably most of you um I have a home office that had a built-in wardrobe right so like we had a new build all the bedrooms had a little built-in wardrobe so that we didn't have to get like separate ones and in that office I had a desk inside the wardrobe and that was like my workstation for the last two to three years and now that the gym build was finished I was like cool next DIY project get rid of the wardrobe and I asked James my husband I was like do you think we can you know get this done in like a weekend oh yeah sure and then this past Saturday, I was like, I'm just sick of sitting in this little wardrobe office because I've got some stuff, like I want to use my, you know, sit to stand desk that we've got. So I was like, oh, this can't, surely this doesn't take long. You know, what are we going to do? Just got to take the, you know, the plasterboard off and the door frame off and then just knock down the, the studs and, you know, it'll be fine. It's not fine. No. It's not that easy, is it? It's not fine. I'm still. You miss a few steps. <laughs> we're sitting. I'm sitting here in James's home office because mine is not usable yet. Because guess what? Some of the studs are still in there because it actually got a lot more complicated than I first anticipated. And you know why? And why it didn't work the way I had intended to? is I didn't fully understand the steps involved and I didn't fully understand actually what was what was my actual thing my outcome goal it was this really vague understand you know vague idea of I just want to get rid of the wardrobe and be able to use my you know move the desk in there and I didn't understand all the steps that it took to get there and I think that is actually a great analogy to use in a way because so many of us have this vague idea of what we think we want to achieve but then we either don't necessarily break break it like get really really clear on what that is and why that is and then we also don't necessarily understand the steps or even if we understand the steps we apply a very 
I don't know, sometimes unrealistic time frame to it. And then when something isn't happening fast enough, we start to get upset with ourselves and, and you know, want to want to quit because why isn't something happening fast enough when actually, well, who said that it will take you that long? Maybe the average is actually twice that long and you just didn't, you know, like it's, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of reasons why goal setting and really understanding what you're wanting to achieve and why is so important because then you can start to build in, I guess, like reflection points or ways to adjust and also anticipate stuff that could go wrong. Because right? that's yeah, something think- else I didn't do with this build is not necessarily figuring out all the, the things that could be impeding me. Yeah. And that's where, you know, like there's, there's little things like, you know, um, obviously setting your outcome goal, understanding behavior goals, reverse engineering, um, also understanding like the motivation behind it. So understanding, is this an external motivator, internal motivator? Um, what are the parameters, but do you even know who you are? Have you, have you identified you yourself, um, your values, your priorities? The other thing too, is just kind of looking at the, the tools. So like implementation planning, um, the, uh, like mental contrasting, there's a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of tools that you can use. But I think for us, you know, like just to kind of like give some, at least some steps, cause that's the point, like for me, this is the, this is the helpful stuff. Like we can dive deep into further discussion down the road about like, what does it mean for, you know, inter, you know, intrinsic versus ex- extrinsic motivation and goal setting. But I think for, for what it's worth, like, let's kind of like identify the different levels that I, you know, both, well, I think what I've seen, I'll, I'll, you know, based off what I've seen, and then you can kind of jump in anytime, you know, but for myself, what I see in, in goals and what people often say to me is like, I want to lose body fat, right. Or, I want to lose 10 pounds, like a general outcome goal. And so like by definition, outcome goal is something that you're, you know, you want to have happen. Um, but it's not something you can directly control. So let's, let's be clear on that. Like, even though you say to me, I want to see 10 pounds, you actually don't control that destiny. It's the habits and behaviors or the reverse engineering of that or creating the path that truly gives you the control that you need in order to be successful. And so, so that outcome goal will be achieved. But it's also understanding what that means in terms of like, is it an aesthetic goal? Is it a health goal? And if, if it's either one of those, which one is the priority and which do you value most and, and, or performance. So for, for what I see, and this is how I would classify it as, is that if you're, if you want to change your body composition, you're definitely looking for aesthetics, but you have to understand that aesthetics often come with changing the habits and behaviors that line up with health parameters. So, you know, like if your thing was to be, you know, health orientated, don't worry because chances are if fat loss is even kind of somewhere, you know, a glimmer of hope, it's likely going to happen if you focus on the health goals. Right. So, but if you come to me and said, I don't have any specific health goals, like I don't, I don't need to eat better nutrition. I don't, you know, um, I don't need to improve my, my blood pressure or whatever, then, and fat loss is your goal, then that's a body composition goal. And we're going to address it that way. So that's going to be like, okay, do we need to do a calorie deficit surplus maintenance? What that looks like, you know, just eating more food, whatever it comes up to be with performance, it's going to be, you know, like your training aspect, whether or not you want to compete, whether or not you want to lift, you know, lift heavier, be stronger, 
those things all matter. Like, you know, um, improve your time in your race, you know, endurance, all of that stuff. And I think that even then, if you said to me, well, I want to improve my race time, or I want to qualify for the regional CrossFit, um, levels or whatever it is, regionals, whatever they call it nowadays. But you also said, well, body fat, I'd like to lose some body fat. Now I'm going to have, I'm going to have to break it down to you. Like you can, I mean, you can have goals like that for sure. I would never say you can't have those goals, but we have to have some sort of periodization built into that. And this is where you have to identify the priorities, right? So I think it's really, really important that people understand who they are and what those values and priorities are, regardless of whether or not it's aesthetics, health, or performance. And whether or not it's even a, a goal relate in, in that, I guess, realm or avenue at all, because you could also have, I think, you know, some of, a, a lot of what we talk about is geared towards, you know, health, well-being, and fitness. But a lot of this also applies to any other kind of goal, like a career goal, or if you're a business, you know, or a business goals and that kind of thing I think um don't necessarily take you know you can take this like what we're talking about and apply it to any context really um because if you don't if you're not clear on what you want to achieve and how you're going to get there it's going to be a lot harder it doesn't mean you can't do anything right because you totally can but it's just going to be be harder if you don't if you don't know that you're on the path that you need to be. Yeah. And I think that this is part of the whole, like, you know, identity process. A lot of people will skip this. And I think this is where it's really important. So questions you could ask yourself just to kind of figure out where you are. So, I mean, I think the one, the one question I always like to ask is like, who are you and who do you want to become? Right. So I was asked that question a few years back in a mentorship, um, um, kind of like a mastermind and it was for business coaching. And I thought, I never thought to ask myself that question. Like, who am I, who do I want to be? But it still matters for your goal setting when it comes to fitness and nutrition, because it actually does help you identify who you want to be. And therefore, if you do that, guess what? Maybe you identify yourself as someone who is a macro tracker. You do like structure. Maybe you identify yourself as someone who no longer is a binge eater. Like that identification matters because now the habits and behaviors, they need to support that. So you can, um, you know, like, who are you? Who do you want to become? What does that life or lifestyle look like? Um, what is your definition of health? A lot of people forget about this. And like my definition, Nina, is going to be way different than yours. Or we might have some similarities for sure. Um, I think that what you value is important and understanding priorities. Yep. 100%. So when you look at that, that helps you address what you need, like some of that implementation, that stuff that you need to put in place. Because again, if you kind of dial in who you are and what you value and prioritize, it's a lot easier. Um, maybe you, you value health in a different manner though, but what about health and, you know, or maybe you value even dollars and cents. And if that's the case, then you're going to, the investment that you choose that's going to help you get to that place is going to matter as well. A hundred percent. That's, that's why, and I know you, you obviously, you just mentioned you, you asked that question of your clients a lot, but even in my own, like my group coaching, it's one of the first, it's in the first couple of weeks that we, we dive quite deep into 
into exactly that because you, you can't even you know there's a part of you need to understand where you are so that you can mm-hmm. start changing you know and go to into the direction of where you want to be but if you don't know what you value or you think you value one thing but actually that actually isn't really truly important to you you're always that, that there's some kind of dissonance and disconnect yep. then you know that could also be a reason why you may find that things are a little bit harder to do like, like an example could be if you and I, I, I've personally experienced that over the last like year and a bit is you know even though I, I thought an aesthetic goal or a body a, a composition goal was what I was after at the same time I also valued well I, I didn't I thought I it, that it was important to me but when I did work on my values and what you know what is actually a priority for me and what is actually truly really important to me it wasn't on the it wasn't on there it wasn't on that list right so a lot of the behaviors that I was implementing that I knew would get me towards that kind of goal I struggled and I was almost started to resent them because I was like, actually would truly deep down is this really what I want to be doing and I think if you ask yourself that question then you'll, yeah. you'll get to a place where you're like oh actually you know and if the answer is yes then amazing like that's amazing but also if the answer is no then that could be an indicator as to why you know I mean some goals like there's always going to be hard work but if you've got that connection it'll be it's almost like you're you're you know you're in a better place to to put in that work because you 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 want to put in that work as opposed to feeling like you have to put in that work yeah you, you know have I mean? well it goes back to the whole thing about bridging the gap between your intentions your actions behaviors like you have to know you're capable you have to believe in in what you do and the other thing is is that you have to enjoy it so you know going back to that is like if someone like to give you an example so if you know someone said to me like they want to improve their body composition. And they said to me, and I asked them, you know, are you someone who has tracked or do you want to try track? You know, we're, you know, we're a macro macro based uh, coaching company. And they said, well, you know, yeah, my girlfriend does it. So yeah, I'm going to give it a try. They'll try it. And then they're going to soon find out like, oh my God, macros, like this is just too much. Like either they're going to be the perfectionist who just like needs to have those numbers line up hundred percent and it's going to be overwhelming. Or they're just like so much on their plate that they don't, they didn't realize without doing the steps of like where they spend the most of their time that they realize that they have no time to add that they need to actually take some stuff off their plate first. Right. But they might go back to saying, but my friend does that, but that's their value. That's what their priorities are. And so again, it comes back to, even when you're goal setting is that you have to understand that when you're doing these exercises and ask yourself these questions, you have to put aside what other people are doing. You have to ignore all the noise on the outside and be like, okay, what will work for me? I want to lose 10 pounds and I don't give a shit that my best friend did fucking keto because ask yourself this question. Do you like carbohydrates? Yes, I do. Okay, then why would you go on a route? (laughs) Nina's laughing at me. Why would you go down a path that tells you you have to reduce your carbohydrate intake, if not eliminate most of them, if not all of the things that you were eating and you enjoyed? It doesn't make sense, right? Hmm. So remember your outcome goal, the thing that's way out in left field here, because that's where we put it right now, has to have some sort of like, you know, um, breakdown. It has to be like reverse engineered. It has to have a roadmap there. And that roadmap 
no matter what it is that you do, those habits and behaviors that you put in place must support that outcome goal must make sense to you. You must like it. You must, you have to think and know that you are capable. And you, I mean, seriously, if you don't enjoy the foods you're eating, the exercise you're doing, or the groups you've joined, whatever that looks like, or the job you just took, like whatever the courses that you're told to take, because this is what's going to take you to that next level. You're not going to succeed the way you envision that. Okay. So I think it's really important. One of the questions that I, um, that I also thought I, I think is important or a couple more, and I've got them listed here. So I wouldn't forget it's to look at your current lifestyle and ask yourself if what you're doing right now is positively impacting the outcomes you desire. And is it really working for you? So really asking yourself that question. So again, taking it back to something like, well, I'm a macro tracker, but you only do it like once in a blue moon. Okay. Well, you're not a macro tracker and you, you clearly don't enjoy it because you're not consistent. So find another method, a method that works best for you, but you got to ask yourself the question of like what you're currently doing now, where do you spend most of your time? Okay. And where do you see yourself in the future with this? So what I mean by that is that I've had clients say to me, you know, I want to rebuild my relationship with food. Okay. That's pretty broad. So let's, let's dial it back a little bit. So when you mean that, what are your action behaviors right now that aren't supporting that thought? Well, I eat really restrictive all week. Like I try to eat clean. They'll use those words and that will be a red flag for me. I'll hear those numbers or those words and I'll write those down. Well, I eat clean, you know, and then on the weekend, I just lose my shit and I end up overeating and some will use the word binge. So for me, it's like, if you want to rebuild this relationship with food, which food category would you like to rebuild? Would you like to reduce the overeating? Like what habit or behavior do you feel is, is causing this poor relationship with food? So you see what I mean? Like we just, you got to kind of do the steps and kind of like, and, and I'll be honest the first week you might get it the second week. Oh shit. I got to rewrite this already because I clearly have a different relationship with food than what I thought it only takes, it doesn't take long. Like I know they say it takes like, what is it? 21 days or whatever the numbers is. I think Casey Um, My mentor had did a post on this too, about how many days it takes to implement a habit. It's just like, how about we don't worry about how many days let's just focus on how consistent you were with what you are doing. And if it's not working out, if you can't practice that daily and master it, then it's not working for you. So find something else, whatever it is you want to improve on, find something else that's going to support that. Right. So just kind of really dialing it back. The other thing that I think is important, and it's a question that we ask in our group coaching, one-on-one coaching is like, where do you see yourself three months from now, six months, a year from now? And again, that's a really important step because if you could see yourself a year from now, no longer having a shitty relationship with food, you're no longer, you know, overindulging or binge eating. You're no longer like all these lists of things. Guess what? Reverse engineer that, right? Yeah. It's not just losing 10 pounds. It's what are the habits and behaviors of loot that's going to get you to that 10 pounds? Yeah. I think something else, and I guess because you brought, um, you're using the the, the ten pounds example, is, I know. Um, and I, you know, we ask that um, a lot too. Is you know, why is it the ten pounds? Is it just an arbitrary number yeah. that you picked because you thought, you know, actually this you're ten pounds away from a particular weight, but then also in line with the questions that you just mentioned, the other question there is how do you want to feel? Yeah, we are. Because 
let's say you had a 10 pound weight loss goal and a year from now you have much more energy your digestion is a little bit better you in, are enjoying you know going for runs and doing some lifting like you're working you know you're moving your body in the way that brings you a lot of joy your clothes like you your you you your clothes feel great you you feel great right like whatever your definition of feeling great is you're feeling great but let's say the scale fucking hate it only mm-hmm. you know that number is only five pounds lighter or maybe not even lighter at all does that mean you've not achieved your goal well, especially when it's an outcome goal like that, that you can't control. Like there's it's so not many a, factors. It's not a behavior, right? Like that's yeah. exactly the point. It's like weight yeah. loss isn't a behavior. So I think it can be a side outcome, almost like a byproduct yeah. of what you're trying to do. But I think what we're sort of saying here is that, and it's okay that, that and like I, and maybe this is its own episode at some point in the future, but I still struggle with like, you know, cause I, I want people to, to go after whatever got like whatever is important to them. I just want to be this in the background, cheering them on, supporting them. Right. And I don't necessarily care what that is, but at the same time as a society or as, as, you know, cu- culture as a whole, whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of, focus on the aesthetic side and it's almost you know it's not that that's if that's what you truly want and you've worked through all this stuff and you really understand why it is that you're going after that goal and especially if it is in a particular sport right like bodybuilding then a hundred like I'm here to cheer you on but at the same time I think there's still a bit of a I don't know disconnect where people think that they have to make themselves smaller or they think they have to you know, go after those kinds of goals when actually is that just what all of us have been conditioned and thought to believe as opposed to, you know, is it actually truly really what you want or do you actually just want to be able to, you know, you want your clothes to fit differently, you want to feel better in your body, you want to be able to run after your kids, but does that mean that you have to lose the weight or is there also other things that you could work on and improve on? instead and take the focus away from just the, the weight or the aesthetics side. And I think yeah, that's a I, massive topic. So we probably, it we is don't... a big topic, but I think that I can, I can jump in here. Like first and foremost, like I, um, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't care. I think it's important to care and I'm not saying it's wrong with what you're saying, Nina, but what I think is important to understand is that as you become a more experienced coach, um, you do start to identify that before the client does, right? Like I can see it before I can see it a mile away. And the reason is because it's the behaviors and it's the, uh, the background information that I gather. Right. And so for me, it's easy to then ask them the questions that starts to bring about those type of resolutions. If you, if you may, like, I feel like people start to resolve that. Oh yeah. Like me pursuing, wanting to lose that same 10 pounds over and over again, and having to think I have to look a certain way is starting to, I'm starting to realize that actually what I want to do is is, you know, improve my health. So it is reframing it. And I think it works well when you start to talk to the client back and say, listen, you know, we don't want you to think about, um, like, you don't have to think that everything is because you have to be at a certain number on the scale or weight loss is the only way to happiness. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they realize that, man, I I actually want to work on performance. Like, 
yeah, it'd be nice to lose 10 pounds, but I just, I want to, you know, learn how to snatch and I want to do a pull-up. Okay, cool. Like let's focus on that. But I think you have to allow the, the client to stumble a little bit to make those mistakes so that they can understand it. But, um, I, I would say that it's kind of, and I'm, I, I can kind of reframe it a little bit. Um, there's like this mental cost contrasting that that's, that should be done. And there's, there's different methods to do it. No one, like people might call it like positive thinking, or, um, I remember, I, th- I can't remember if it was, I want to say it was like precision nutrition, maybe back in the day when I first took the, the, uh, cert that you want to, it's like the vis- visualization of like what you look like, you know, like if you visualize yourself as a leaner person or, um, snatching, you know, two Oh five or whatever that looks like, um, then that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. Right. So visualization is important, but I think it's understanding the mental contrasting and it's understanding like, what do you actually desire out of this? Like, it's like, what is that, you know, that desire. And then what is the ideal state at the end? Okay. And like how you feel. So what you said before is like, it doesn't have to be 10 pounds on the scale, but how do you feel? Is like, are you going to be moving better? Are you going to be your jeans fitting? Um, are you going to be showing up instead of like saying yes, more than saying no to going to social, social gatherings, like that kind of thing. Um, what does your life look like? So when you look at that outcome and like, this is, this, the framework is, is something I learned in, um, my HMCC certification, it's called whoop. And so, you know, you've got this you've got this wish, this outcome, and then you've got an obstacle. And these are the things where you have to be like, okay, so what barriers will I face? Like, this is where goal setting sometimes has to be like revisited every, like, I don't know, every two weeks or three weeks or once a month, like sometimes like what you set in stone has to be broken down again. Right. Because we all think that I have this plan. I have got the roadmap and all I need to do is press play and I'm, I'm going. No, but identifying those obstacles is part of the roadmap. It is. And it's the criticisms because you know what? So you're on your keto lifestyle and someone's going to come up like coach B and say, that's not sustainable. How are you going to face that criticism? You know, are you going to be like, no, I can do this and I'm going to dial it in or, you know, whatever, or you go away. Um, Nina, you can speak from this, like have an injury, like that's a setback. And it's not an absolute stop in your, in your tracks. Can't do this again. That's, that's called death. It's, it's like, I'm, <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a re, re it's a revisit and it's a revisit and, and reassess, right? Like yeah. I've been dealing and I know we've talked about that in a previous episode already, but I'm still dealing with, you know, some, some chronic inflammation and some weird, some weird stuff happening, which is limited certain things I can do. Right. But that doesn't mean I can't do anything. I just have right. to, and I have to change how I view movement at the moment and even my goals right like I have this really weird somewhat it's very much an outcome goal and maybe it'll happen maybe 2025 is maybe my target for now where I want to run a marathon and do a powerlifting meet in the same calendar year it's a bit bonkers but I'm also thinking why not but this is at the moment I'm like the furthest I can't even I'm not even allowed to run at the moment right because of what's going on because we still haven't found the true root of what's going on so we don't necessarily want to make it worse again but then instead of going you know I could sit here going well shit I can't run I can't do this I can't do that like I may as well just not do anything 
and throwing a pity party like that and a bit of a tanty is like it's I so every so often I do that because you need to let that like it's okay to have those feelings and emotions and it's okay to sit with them and accept them right but then there's a point where you can also go well actually what can I do right like I can still move you move my upper body I can do a lot to improve my control and my muscle connection with what you know I can do still at the moment so that's what I'm doing that's my goal at the moment is to improve strength in certain areas and a lot more control in how I move like right being able to like do tempo based lifting for example to really set let that mind muscle connection sink in but that's still that's a goal as well right like it doesn't so but going back to what I was saying though, like that's part of the obstacle, right? Yeah. So you got to plan for that and you have to anticipate it. Like, and the thing is, is that we don't plan to get injured. We don't plan to, you know, go camping and, and lose our shit and go off track or whatever, but these things can happen. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand that when you're doing this, you have to, there are going to be barriers and you just need to understand that there's going to be criticisms and you are going to feel like you're going to have a setback that will never get you back. But that's where you go back into the, the P part of this. So the whoop, the the planning part is going to be the reflection. It's going to be what you can do. So exactly what you just said, Nina, like you're, you've got a setback it's or thin planning, right? Because yeah. And for sure. Like that's when you do like the implementation intentions. Yeah. 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 Cause I think to me, and I think, I, I don't know if I phrased it like that with a client in the past, but um, doing some of this anticipation and, and planning, it puts you, you know, you, you, you're not going to be able to, always anticipate everything that happens or exactly down to the detail right but right. in a way if you know that certain things can happen and you have an idea of what you can do when they happen because it's actually not an if it's you're most likely a when it puts you in a position to respond as opposed to just reacting in the moment because you're like oh I knew something was going to happen so this is and I already figured out that this is what I'm going to do as opposed to going, oh my God, this thing happened and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. Like it even puts you in a different place to be able to then take that situation and keep going past it. Well, when it comes to like the, you know, um, I guess we'll call it like those. So there's like the implementation intentions. So basically it's kind of like, um, giving yourself a better version of what's like, it's a procedural thing, right? So what we know is that it's going to connect your future situation, right? So it's kind of like, it's like, if you want to, if you want to, if I wanted to fly to New Zealand, I would want to know what those connections are, right? I want to know where, which airport I need to be at, which, where are we landing, you know, where, what's going on? Because in order for me to get there, I need to have this roadmap and it's going to be a lot, lot easier for me to follow a lot more information is going to be gathered. And I am now like, what to expect. So it makes it definitely easier. Right. So like, this is where we kind of like break it right down to like specifying the where, um, the, the, when the, how, or whatever it is. And you do this for whatever, um, goal you have or habit or behavior you're trying to implement. Right. Um, and then from that standpoint is exactly what you said is like, what do you do if, if the obstacle should arrive or, you know, some criticism or whatever, it's that if this, then that planning. And I think that having you know, like, I don't know, I've had clients do like a couple, I don't know about you, but I know like if they have at least two or three of these kind of like written down or it's kind of like, it's like someone who says to you, well, 
my biggest struggle is someone who are, my girlfriend likes to take me out for lunch every Friday. Okay. So if this should happen, then what will you do? Right. So having that plan of like, well, if she should invite me to blah, 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 I'm going to do this. So that means that could be like, I'm going to plan my entire day around that meal, or I am just going to show up at, you know, 12 PM. I'm going to order the Caesar salad with chicken on the side. I'm going to have a glass of wine, like be really specific because at that point in time, you shouldn't feel like you've gone off track. You should feel like this is just part of the, you know, but it's, it's part of the routine, but it's, it is definitely an obstacle because this is what kind of has thrown you off in the past, but now you've got a plan to help you navigate. Yeah. And I think that reflection that you, you, what we both sort of mentioned earlier too comes in here as well, right? Because that's a good way to identify some of those more common obstacles too, right? Because depending on you know and it doesn't necessarily matter so much what it like the context of your your goal but it is you know is something if you look back four weeks does something happen every week and then something else happens after that yeah right so it's like oh is there a pattern here and then that you can also use that reflection to sort of start looking back and go well actually I happen to be out at lunch every Friday so Boom. And then it doesn't feel like an, oh my God, in the moment reaction anymore, because you're like, oh yeah, I'm going out for lunch every week. And actually I kind of, I enjoy that. You know, I want to spend that quality time with a, a person in my life. So how can you, you know, work around that or, or make that part of what your goal is, as opposed to, you know, you don't have to not go to lunch or even necessarily you know, view it as a bad thing because you can just make it part of, it's part of your unique, you know, it's part of your life. So how can you make that work for you as opposed to having to go, oh, no, no, I can't go to lunch or I can't, I have to only choose the the salad or eat beforehand and not go, you know, there's so many different computations of how you could even work through that as an obstacle. But I think there's also a point of, you know, do you have to frame it as an obstacle? doesn't have to be an obstacle that's for sure doesn't have to be right um i think that there's a few things that you know i want to mention before uh we end this uh, specific episode is like understanding a little bit of the um overlap of the aesthetics and health and and performance and kind of like just figuring out what you should do first and then from that standpoint, also too, I'll talk a little bit and Nina, I know you're, you can jump in here cause you're, you're really good with the habits and behaviors and stuff, but just understanding like those small goals or those small wins. So we'll come back to that, but, um, and maybe Nina, you can talk on that a little bit, but I think for, for what it's worth, you know, um, it's okay to want to lose body fat, ladies, gentlemen, whoever's listening to this, it's okay to want to do that. Don't let anybody ever feel like you can't lose body fat or change the, the way you look. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, like body positivity, all this, all this stuff out there It all, it's all matters to somebody, but at the end of the day, it's only what matters to you. That is the most important aspect of what's going on with your goals. So if you feel like the best thing for you right now is to lose body fat. And you, if you feel in your heart that that's, what's going to get you feeling better then by all means, however, from my standpoint as a coach, I'm going to make you do the work because if you want to see an aesthetics goal come to life, you have to understand that most goals that are that are built on the external factor, so wanting to look a certain way, be a certain number, don't really come to the true success that you would want 
unless you are feeling it deep within. Okay. So that internal motivator, and we'll talk deep, deep into that shit down the road. But I think at the end of the day, it's kind of understanding that. So, and then just kind of figuring out what that is, what those aesthetics mean and and what that looks like. So if it is a number or if it's an inch or size of clothing or whatever that looks like, you have to be able to dial that back in, um, reverse engineering story of like, what does that look like with habits and behaviors? What will support that? Okay. And doing one at a time, small little goals here and there and and celebrating your wins, but you can also want to improve your health. But by default, what you have to understand is that if health is now the priority, if that's what you've just determined, and you're saying to me, I want to lower my, my blood pressure and I want to, um, you know, improve my, micronutrient values. I do think that I I don't get enough fiber. I know I eat a lot of processed foods. If those are the conversations we're having, then that's, that's, it's, it's just breaking it down. Like, okay, I don't eat any veggies. So I, my goal this week is to eat one vegetable, you know, every day at lunchtime, whatever that looks like. Right. So it's really kind of, you know, dialing it in that way and just setting again, like the small goals and stuff like that. But understand in most cases, what I've seen, I'm not saying this is science and I don't have anything that back me up here other than what I've seen with my clients. And even for myself is that when we're pursuing a health goal and you determine that that is what you want to feel better, sleep more, whatever, by default, if you are carrying excess body fat, guess what ends up happening? That body composition goal by default starts to take place in a positive way. The only way you would gain weight or body fat is if you were eating in a surplus of calories, but maybe for some of you gaining weight is what you want. And then at the end of the day with performance, it's really tough to say, I want to improve and excel, but lose body fat. The, the phrase that it doesn't even make sense to me. You can't be losing and winning at the exact same time, in my opinion, and Anybody who wants to disagree with me can, I mean, DM me, I don't care, (laughs) message me, drive me crazy, I don't care. But at the end of the day, if you want to improve your performance at anything, even in like just general speaking of like, I want to improve my performance, even in my job, if you're in a calorie deficit, it makes it very difficult to see those numbers improve. Okay, so you can be strong and be losing and and having body composition changes for sure. But if the intention is to lose body fat and you say to me, but my PRs are, are not even happening, you have to ask yourself the question of like, what's the priority then? Because if PRs and performance, winning that gold, getting on the podium or whatever that looks like, fat loss is not the time to be doing that type of pursuit. So some things will overlap naturally. And I think that even if you look at all three categories, they will somewhat overlap, but you have to set the priorities. And that's where working on smaller goals and then reset. Sometimes we have to do reset or revisit. Maybe Nina is a better way to say it. And then be like, okay, well, maybe that's not what I wanted to pursue. Like maybe, because especially if you or I are talking to the client and they start to like, wow, that totally makes sense. Like. I actually just wanted to improve my relationship with food and I'm eating more carbohydrates now. And I don't even give a shit if I'm losing any body fat because I'm eating a fucking bagel and I've been saying no to bagels for like two years, food freedom, that kind of stuff. So what are your thoughts on the small goals, wins and stuff like that, Nina? Um, I think you, um, 
I think if it wasn't already a, a business name taken, I'd probably have small wins somewhere in my thing because I think it is so much about the small stuff and the small wins. And it doesn't, you know, you could have daily things. It could be weekly things. So I think it's it's that that idea of, you know, even just being 1% better, you know, like the small shit, it compounds over time, right? And it's a way to, it, it also is a way, depend probably doesn't even depend on the context, but if you have smaller goals that are, you know, or like little, tiny little milestone markers that you want to get to, tiny tweaks, as I like to call them, the more you do those, or the more you can implement those, the more you can get consistent with them, and you know you look back and you consistently celebrate that you're hitting them that's a way that you will start to gain more confidence in yourself and trust that you can do those things yeah I agree with you 100% yeah I think the and and I think that trust and that celebrating the small stuff is something that a lot of us unlearned as we grew as we grow up and and get older I think I remember when you know being little kids it's like the smallest thing is like look mum and dad look at this awesome little you know piece of stone that I found in the river or whatever you know it's the small things that we celebrated and then it kind of you know we kind of lose sight of that but it's actually you know doing those things a lot of the times despite all these shit that's going on around us that you know that is worth celebrating and I think something else that I wanted to add is that as part of you know and this is something that I work on with my clients because I find I've I've previously found it helpful with myself too is you know you can have and it goes in line with the um the implementation sort of planning Mm -hmm. um that we talked about before is you know what's your what's your great day or week look like but then also you know what's the bare minimum of of that now is there a bare minimum version of it right because you're not going to have the perfect day the perfect week all the time and it goes back to you know at the beginning when we said what's the what's the outcome like what is the thing that you're trying to achieve and then how can you break it down what are the you know, the, what are the actions and behaviors that you need to implement? What are the, the steps you need to take, but also what are the obstacles or what are the things that you, you might have to anticipate that, you know, cause if shit happens, life happens. Right. But then as part of that, something that we work on um, when I work with clients is also what, what's your continuum, right? There's nothing, nothing probably aside from you're alive or you're dead, as we said before, that's like nothing is ever, truly all or nothing black or white right and I like to think of and and teach clients to look at things more on a continuum because that way you know and it's not making excuse it's not that you're making excuses or you're not disciplined or anything it's just a way to help yourself reframe when you know you're gonna have a shit day you're gonna get sick a loved one's gonna get sick some you know we still live in this weird pandemic where we might part you know some countries have lockdowns other countries are opening up but actually also seeing a spike in cases so are they going to lock down again you know like we're in this really uncertain time right now so things can happen 
that mean that you're not going to get everything done or you're not going to be able to do all the things that you had previously set out to do. So what does a dialed back version look like? Yeah, you know, we and might it's just say... a way it helps you to manage your and it's not even it, it's a really good tool to help to manage your own expectations, because that's a lot of, you know, when we get down on ourselves or when we chastise ourselves for, you know, not doing the thing or fucking up again, it's our own expectations of ourselves that drive some of that. So how mm-hmm. can and this, this is a tool to kind of m- manipulate those expectations in a way. Well, I think that if you think about it, like, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Nina, is that quite often we think we have to be like a hundred percent, right? So that perfectionism and whatever, but even if you could determine 20%, so like when we're looking at small wins and small goals, like people may not see that, see that as being much, but 20% is a fucking huge win. And I think that it helps like people talk about motivation all the time, but they don't understand like motivation is like, it's, it's a feeling that you cannot, you cannot rely on it. Like you have to have action on that. And we talked a little bit about that before, but it does help increase that motivation. What I mean by that is like, if motivation is somewhat of an action and it's bridging that gap between your intention and your actions and behaviors, then guess what? It means that you're capable. And if you, that small win you, you are capable of doing, guess what? It makes everything easier. Yeah. And if you, it, it takes some of that demand off of you, right? Like maybe you've got too much built into this and too much expectation that it shuts you down. So, exactly. you know, raising, it raises the bar with your own perceived ability. And I think that at the end of the day, people just need to be like, okay, with something is better than nothing. Yeah. It's something and 20% is still better. Even at 5%, it's still something that will add up. And I'll tell you this right now, what's better having small wins of five to 20% add up versus this demand you put on yourself and this expectation that you haven't even got 5% out of yet. I'll tell you, you won't, you won't succeed. So we've taken up a ton of time here. So is there anything else that you think that we should add or talk about when it comes to Goal setting, like I said, we didn't give every step by step, you know, there's, there's lots of ingredients to this magic, um, you know, recipe here of, of goal setting. Cause I, to me, like I said, I, I don't think there's one way of doing anything. And no. if we were coaching an individual, it would be a hundred percent individualized. Right. So yeah. I just know totally that right. I think that it's, you know, for me, um, it's just, I like using things like whoop with my clients. So making them doing some mental contrasting. I like using implementation intentions. I think it's a game changer with if this, then that uh, planning. Um, also too, is like you, like when it gets to like goal setting and then you start using habits, behaviors, it's habit stacking, it's, you know, bundling, it's doing all that stuff. So at the end of the day, my message to everybody is listen, don't leap. You need to be moving the small, tiny rocks before you can move that boulder. And that boulder is going to stay there. And if your goal is to move the boulder, guess what? Just dial it back so that you can get there. Because it's like, I can't snatch 100 pounds if I can't even do 10 empty bar. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just it. You can't move, you can't be moving mountains. So, but also don't necessarily think that if there's a boulder that you have to move the boulder can you take a hammer and chisel and, and break the boulder up, right? There's, I think that's the other, there's different ways to look at whatever situation you're in or whatever you're trying to do. I think there's different perspectives and different ways to look at it and break it down. 
and I, I think, think so 100, too 100 I think I just lost my train of thought again damn it um, well, we, but we it, is, it, is about the, it is about the 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 little things right like even chipping away a little bit each day it's that one percent it's that compound compounding over time that's the the kicker right and I think yeah. that's that's something that we both work on with our clients either in, in groups or or one-on-one right because we've got we got to plug our services a little bit on this podcast but um it's that's exactly what we what we do as part of what we do yeah right? and is, so is help you figure that out yeah and I mean really what it's what it comes down to if you have a goal out there whatever it might be you know aesthetics um, health or performance, just look at that outcome goal as the one you cannot control the behaviors and the habits and behaviors are, or behavior goals, we'll call them momentum goals or another, uh, you know, uh, phrase I've been, I've heard. Um, if you have these smaller goals, so like you're going to reverse engineer your outcome goal, because remember, yeah, you can't, you can't directly, um, control it, reverse engineer that into small little tiny goals. You're going to succeed. It's 100% um, the only way that I would suggest it. And I think that at the end of the day, if you can break it down, give yourself time, you'll do fine. Is this also the point where I'll plug that I have a free goal setting guide that's available? I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> I had, had to a girl do that at the end. I had to do that. I'm sorry. Not sorry, actually, because I think it is a really helpful way to work through exactly what we've just talked about, because it covers off the reflection, it covers off breaking down goals, and it also includes a way to plan for obstacles and how to start doing that anticipation. So I think it actually, I mean, I'm biased, but I think it is quite helpful. No, and we've worked, we've worked with Nina's uh, uh, booklet in my group coaching, and it works very, very well. We've had nothing but... um, uh, success with it. And I think at the end of the day, like, you know, kind of just, you know, taking from that, the whole idea of writing shit down, journaling is a really, really good way. So don't, I mean, when I say mental contrast or visualize this shit, don't be like telling yourself stuff, like say it out loud, write it down. And you got to be able to check the boxes and you have to be able to track your progress, whatever that looks like. So it doesn't mean that you're tracking your food or anything like that it just means you're tracking progress, whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, and there's, nothing's written in stone. Things change. Obstacles will occur. Criticisms will happen. I can't even say the word criticisms will happen. Um, and I think, yeah, like, I don't know, in closing, I just feel like just don't be so like, there's all obviously the smart goals and stuff like that. You can utilize that, um, that frame. But I think at the end of the day, just remember your outcome goal is simply an outcome goal. It's what you wish to have happen. It could be three months down the road, six months. It is a long-term goal. And the more you break down that long-term goal, the easier that long-term goal is to, to, um, to excel at and to be successful at. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, Nina? No, I think aside from you can have any goal that you want. And if you want help or talk about it some more, both of our contact details are in the show notes yeah all right girl it's been a pleasure we shall uh see you guys all or talk to you all on the next episode i don't even know how to close off on this we're still learning people please don't judge yeah all right you made imperfect action but we shall chat soon you'll hear from us soon let's see you next week whatever listen next week i don't even know all i'm gonna say we'll figure out we'll figure it out i'm I'm just saying bye yeah (laughs)
Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Two Worlds Collide. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and don't forget to tag us at Two Worlds Collide Pod over on Instagram and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. These small actions allow us to grow a community of listeners who are ready to make up their own minds and it's the best way for others to find us. Chat to you next week.